Welcome to the Menopause Conversations podcast. My name's Angela Council and I'm your host for this podcast and this is where you learn all about menopause, what is happening to your body, to your hormones and life in general. Everything is changing and sometimes it can seem really, really confusing, but this is where the confusion stops right now. This podcast will share with you everything you need to know about how you can navigate your menopause transition with ease. So sit back and enjoy the show. Bye for now. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Menopause Conversations podcast. My name is Angela and I'm your host for this podcast. And this week we're going to explore the fascinating world. Well, I'm a naturopath, so I find it fascinating, world of gut health and how your gut health can actually impact your overall overall well-being, particularly as you're coming through this menopause transition. We talk about gut and all things menopause today. But just before we begin, I would like to invite you to join the upcoming free five-day workshop called The Secret to Thriving in Menopause Without HRT. It starts on July 17th, and this workshop has been created to provide you with insights and actionable steps that will experience, help you experience menopause in a different way help you to lose the menobelly, to reduce your symptoms so that you can learn how it is possible to thrive in menopause. So let me give you a little bit of an overview of what, what we're going to co- cover over the five days. You're going to learn a little bit about the root causes of the majority of symptoms that you are experiencing, including that menobelly that many of us um, have. I have as well. Well, I had it. Um, Likely I've been able to lose most of it, but it's still a bit soft around there. Um, And it's not really totally related to your hormones. Um, Also going to talk to you about your genes and how your genes actually influence the way you go through menopause and also whether or not you're going to put on weight or not at this time of life, because not everyone puts on weight. And we've got to say, well, what's the difference? Why do some women put on weight and other women don't? Your genes play a really big role in that. And then there's something else beyond the genes, something we call epigenetics. And when we understand our epigenetics, we can actually take that knowledge and create a blueprint. We can create a plan for what will work for you. So this is what is known as personalized health. It's about knowing exactly what your body requires based on your genes, based on everything that's going on in your health, your whole health picture, also based on your family health history. And you will get the opportunity to create your own personalized menopause blueprint, which will be your guide to creating the life that you want so that you can thrive in menopause. So the link to register for this um, free workshop that is coming up on the 17th of July is bit, sorry, I'll start that again. The link is bit.ly forward slash menopause underscore workshop bit.ly menopause underscore workshop so and that's with a capital m and a capital w so if you go there you'll be able to register and then you're going to get some emails from me telling you you know you'll be able to add it into your calendar and giving you a, a more of a detailed understanding of what is going to be in each different lesson um, over the week so Love to have you join us on the 17th of July as we kick off to 
discover the secret to thriving in menopause without HRT. So let's get back to talking about your gut. So there's three things that I'm going to talk about in this episode. We're going to talk about why having a healthy gut is vital when it comes to balancing your hormones. We're going to talk about the importance of a healthy gut-brain connection when it comes to moods and brain function, particularly as we age, and also give you some simple um, steps that you can take that will improve your gut function, which is then going to improve your hormones and also going to um, improve your brain function. So let's just start right at the beginning with the role of the gut bacteria. Now, microbiome is the generic term for the, the microcosm of bacteria that lives in your gut. Now, we have quite a lot of gut in, uh, gut bacteria. Most of us probably don't want to know this. You could have five kilos of gut bacteria for some people. Some have got more than others. And it's a balance of healthy gut bacteria and unhealthy gut bacteria. And the healthy gut bacteria actually has a really specific role in keeping our bodies healthy. Now, unfortunately, for many of us, we actually get an overgrowth of the unhealthy bacteria, and this can come from the overuse of antibiotics, um, a diet that's high in processed foods, particularly sugar and yeasts and um, other processed foods like that and chemicals can actually disturb the microbiota that's in your gut. So you've probably all seen that ad on TV where it's like the little blue men and they're they're balanced up and we've got healthy bacteria and unhealthy bacteria. We need a mix of both within our gut, but ideally we've got more healthy than we do unhealthy. And when, we, when we've got that, then we've got a healthy gut microbiome. But if you've got too much of the unhealthy and not enough of the healthy, then you'll, you've got what we call gut dysbiosis. So it's an imbalance of the gut bacteria in your gut. Now, we do have some specific bacteria called the estrobolome. Now, the estrobolome refers to a group of specific bacteria that plays a really important role in activating and regulating estrogen in the body. Now, we all know that um, as we age that our ovaries stop producing estrogen and then um, we need to get estrogen from other places in our body. Now, we do have the ability to make estrogen in other places of our body and in particular, we can make it in our gut. And we do have estrogen receptors in our gut, in our heart, in our bones, in, in our brain. We've got estrogen receptors all around the body. So we can actually make more estrogen, even though the, the ovaries are not doing it. So the estrobolome is the gut microbiome that actually helps to make estrogen. So it's that's one of the reasons why it's so important that we've got a healthy um, gut as we're coming through the, the menopause transition because it helps to buffer the loss of estrogen from the ovaries. So when the estrobolome is unhealthy or it's imbalanced, then we can start finding that we've got issues with, um, like we see the, the symptoms that are related to hormone imbalances like heavy bleeding, uterine uh, fibroids, tenderness in the breast and other symptoms that are related to having the lowered estrogen levels. So it's really important that we are able to support the estrobolome. Now, there's some things that will actually influence and lower your levels of estrobolome. Now, your genetics play a role, and we'll be talking, as I said, we'll be talking a lot more about genetics 
um, in the Secret to Thriving in Menopause Without HRT workshop. The diet, your diet plays a role. So if you've got a diet that's full of sugars, um, uh, processed foods, chemicals, artificial flavorings, that's going to um, impact your estrobilome. Alcohol intake is also going to impact the estrobilome. Um, environmental exposures. So exposures to, we've got these things called xenoestrogens, which are toxic estrogens within the body and they imbalance your hormones in your body and impact the estrobilome as well. Some medications also will play a role as well in um, putting an imbalance within your estrobilome. And I'm going to share with you shortly some strategies just to help you keep a healthy estrobilone. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, I want to now also um, go into the role of other bacteria in reducing symptoms such as foggy headedness, depression, anxiety, and reducing your risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, our gut and brain are intricately connected from the moment very shortly after conception. So when we are still in utero, the central nervous system basically is forms at one time. It's one of the earliest body systems to develop. It's the central nervous system. And it's the same tissue that forms the brain is what forms the, the gut. So it's actually all part of the, the nervous system. And the gut is actually known as the second brain. And in fact, we have more serotonin receptors in our gut than we do in our brain. So generally, you know, people who've got depression are talking about having lowered serotonin levels and they take, you know, what's known as SSRIs to increase their serotonin. But that's just focusing on the brain when in fact the gut is where the issue is. And research has actually shown a, a direct link between having unhealthy gut bacteria and depression and anxiety. So it's really, really important that when there are mood disorders that we look at the health of the gut because, you know, this is where we make the majority of our serotonin. And when we've got an unhealthy gut bacteria, we've got lots of toxins running around and it can actually cause an imbalance with the serotonin between the gut and the brain. So the healthy gut microbiome plays a, a vital role in maintaining that optimal brain function and regulation of the mood. And we all, you know, many of us as we, you know, kind of coming through the menopause transition and our, once again, our hormones are dropping down, particularly our levels are coming down. They're not being produced by the ovaries anymore. We're not producing enough um, progesterone because we're not releasing eggs anymore. And if you've listened to me in the past, you will know that our adrenal glands have the ability to produce progesterone and estrogen but when we're highly stressed, the adrenal glands cannot make up, cannot make enough hormone to take the place of what was um, being produced through the um, ovaries. So now this is where we've got to start looking at what's going on with the gut, because if the gut is not healthy and it's not functioning properly and we don't have the right bacteria, that's another stress on the body. So, you know, we want, and then, as I said, it can put toxins through the the body, which can actually influence the brain, and we get this foggy headedness. So, you know, many women as they come into this time of life have had a history of, you know, not eating the best, drinking too much alcohol, um, having way too much sugar. So they come into this time of life with unhealthy gut bacteria, and then then they start to experience symptoms. And 
we kind of blame everything on hormones. And yes, hormones are shifting, but if we've got the gut, the gut working properly and the estrobilone working properly, we're actually able to produce some estrogen. Now, it's not going to be at the same level as when you are in your full reproductive stage of life, but we don't need that much estrogen because we're no longer producing eggs, our body's no longer being prepared for pregnancy every month. So we've got enough. We can actually produce enough estrogen from the gut, from the adrenal glands and from other cells in the body. We can produce enough to provide that protection. But unfortunately, as I said, many, many women come into this stage of life highly stressed and not in the best of health. So this then causes this, we have this imbalance within the, the, the gut microbiome and it, it disrupts the connection between the brain and um, the rest of the body. And this is where the mood swings and the anxiety and the depression and all of that, you know, starts to, it, you know, it was kind of already there, but as estrogen comes down, estrogen is very protective. So it's almost like that, that the curtains come down and what was there behind the scenes is now we're seeing it. So, you know, estrogen, when it was at higher levels, was covering some stuff up. The other thing that um, gut microbiome do is they produce something that's known as neurotransmitters. Now, neurotransmitters um, are the their hormones. Well, some of them are hormones. So some neurotransmitters and um, hormones uh, double up on each other. So as I said, serotonin is both a neurotransmitter and a hormone. Dopamine, which is our feel good, our reward um, neurotransmitter. So these are these are feel-good chemicals, and we need healthy gut bacteria to be able to make these neurotransmitters. And if we don't have the right type of gut microbiome, then we're not producing these neuro. So neuro means brain. So basically it's um, messengers that go to the brain and tell the brain to react in a certain way. So the gut is actually sending messages to the brain through these neurotransmitters. And if we don't have enough neurotransmitters, particularly the feel-good ones, then we're going to, it's going to influence our moods and our emotions. And then, you know, we've got low dopamine, which means low dopamine means that we don't have a lot of motivation and we struggle to, you know, to do things and we just feel can feel quite depressed or just, you know, just no lost my mojo type thing. And serotonin is very much about pleasure um, and happiness. So if those um, those neurotransmitters are low, then we're not going to be feeling good. So it's really important that we've got the good um, gut, gut microbiome to actually support the production of these neurotransmitters. We do need other specific nutrients as well to make these um, neurotransmitters, but the gut microbiome is almost like the key that allows the, the nutrients to be converted into neurotransmitters. So hopefully... You know, this is be this is. I know this is quite a, a very quick episode, but I've given you, hopefully, given you enough of an overview of what's going on with the gut and the microbiome, the brain, estrogen, to give you an understanding why it's important that we have healthy gut function as we come into this stage of life. And if you don't already have that as you're coming into this stage of life, this is something we need to address. So let's talk about some of the things that you can do that will nourish your, your gut and support the brain and the hormones as you're coming through the menopause transition. So it's always going to start with, start, you know, starting with a diet that is full of nourishing food. So we want nutrition. 
We want food that gives us nutrition. And, you know, we call some things food that come in packages is not really food because food is, is nutrition. What we're looking for is nutrition. Our body wants nutrition. It's not necessarily it just it comes packaged in food. So we want nutrition. We want fiber-rich food. So we want foods that have got lots of fiber in it because fiber actually acts as a food for the gut bacteria and it promotes the growth and different diversity. Um, so, you know, we don't just have one type of bacteria in the gut. We have lots of different ones. And there's there was a great doco made a couple of years ago called The Gut, I think it's called The Gut Movie. Cal um, uh, Brock made it. And he what he did was he went um, to... South Africa, to a, a tribe of people that really that live a traditional way of life. They don't live our way of life. And he went over there and he picked up all, he asked them, but he asked for their poos. And he tested to see what the diversity of their bacteria was compared to his. Oh, well, he tested his before he went away. And then he, he looked at theirs. And then he stayed with them for, I think it was two weeks and just ate the food that they ate. And then he tested his poo again after that to see if there'd been any change. So what he found was he he had, you know, his, his bacteria before he left. Two weeks, just two weeks of being with this tribe and eating like this in the same way as this tribe, he was able to change his microbiome. So his gut bacteria diversity changed based on the food that he was eating. And he, and he found that, you know, he now had developed a diversity population of bacteria that was very similar to the bacteria of the tribe of people, you know, who, who he was living with. So we do know that we can change our bacteria and we can actually change it relatively quickly if we're feeding it the right foods, if we're promoting the growth and diversity. And we get diversity by from eating different foods. So ideally, you know, foods, that are lots of leafy greens, whole greens, different vegetables, fruits. So lots of fiber is going to feed the, the healthy gut bacteria. Now, what feeds the unhealthy gut bacteria is lots of sugar and yeast, that, you know, and that kind of, you know, which is the stuff that's in some of the foods that are not so great for us. So if we're going to eat lots of sugar, we're going to be you know, feeding the unhealthy bacteria. We want to feed the healthy bacteria so that we get a, a wide range of different bacteria because they all have different roles in the body. So lots of fiber. Majority of people do not eat enough fiber in their diet. I think the um, I think the recommended uh, level of fiber is about 20 to 30 grams a day. Most people struggle to get five, five grams a day. Um, unless you're eating lots and lots of vegetables. Um, so vegetarians or vegans might have a higher level of um, fiber, but the majority of people struggle to get the recommended 20 to 30 grams. Also, gut-loving probiotic foods. Now, yes, you can take probiotic capsules. Have to be a little bit careful with that because the capsules, sometimes what happens if you just take the same probiotic all the time, what you're doing is your own and you're just putting one or two strains um, in your gut, whereas you need lots of different strains. We need the diversity. So that's why making sure you're eating the right food. So taking a probiotic capsule is not a substitute for eating a gut-loving um, diet, using foods that are full of fiber and full of 
probiotics, uh, probiotic foods. So fermented foods, so all your fermented foods, so your yogurts, your kimchi, your sauerkrauts, all of that that have got their own, they, they actually have got their own bacteria in there. And once again, we just have to be very careful as to not have the same type of fermented food all the time and having a little bit of variety in there. So, you know, sauerkrauts, but you can have um, sauerkrauts made with different vegetables. So cabbage is obviously the traditional, but you can get beetroots and things like that. So, you know, you can you know mix that all up a bit. And then there's something we call prebiotic foods. So probiotic foods is kind of like pro is after it feeds the bacteria. And then um, prebiotics is kind of before. So the, the probiotics is kind of actually, I'll restate that, probiotics is like the bacteria. So we when we get probiotics um, in capsule, it's actually bacteria, certain strains of bacteria. In our fermented foods, we've got certain strains of bacteria. So that's actually eating bacteria. So that's the probiotic foods. Prebiotic foods are the foods that feed the bacteria. So we've got, you know, and if we can get more prebiotic foods into our diet as well, that's going to help to for the bacteria that's there that we're actually going to be feeding it the right um, the, the right food. So as I said, fiber plays a really big role in that. Um, we've also got certain starches, and where you're going to get this from is from cold cooked potato and rice. So basically not having the rice and the potato when you first cook it, when the first day you cook it, is actually letting it sit in the fridge overnight and then eating it the next day. Really, really great, full of a particular digestible fibre that is really great for, is a really great prebiotic food. And things like legumes, so your lentils, your chickpeas, beans, all really um, good prebiotic foods, onions, leeks, garlics, and mushrooms as well. So just getting that really good mix, and because obviously those foods also have um, fibre in there, which are also probiotic as well. So it's like just getting the really, once again, if we're just eating a diet which is high in plant foods, now you don't have to be vegetarian, you don't have to be vegan, but having a diet high in plant foods is going to be helping your gut and feeding the right type of food to your gut. Um, and then also just on the hormone side of things, there are certain foods that we can be eating that actually help to balance hormones anyway because they support the, the gut, estrobilome, and that's the things like what we call cruciferous, uh, cruciferous vegetables, which is the broccoli and cauliflower, broccolini and all of that, um, very good for balancing up particularly estrogen flax seeds and, as I said, the fermented foods as well. So that's that's they're specific to balancing the hormones, um, but just having a healthy gut is also going to be helping to balance up your hormone. It's also really important that you minimise your exposure to xenoestrogens. I did mention them. They are environmental toxins that look very similar to estrogens that our body makes, and um, they can disrupt our, um, our hormonal balance so that we actually have and over, we have too much of these um, xenoestrogens, which exert a negative impact on the body. They don't actually, they take up the space of our natural estrogen, but they have, they actually are carcinogenic and can cause lots of health problems. So we find them in plastic pesticides and um, certain personal care products as well. Also, another thing that really, really helps with maintaining a healthy estrobilome and also your gut um, 
keeping gut healthy gut is exercise. Um, it helps with detoxification, so detoxification through um, you know sweating and elimination also reduces your stress and it also boosts the serotonin and the dopamine production. So the production of those neurotransmitters, which are going to have you um, feeling better. So enhancing your moods, getting your brain going. So moving your body is going to help you feel better as you come through this time of life. So that's that's really all I wanted to talk about um, when it comes to gut health and menopause. But I hopefully you uh, now understand the importance of really making sure that you've got healthy gut microbiome and that when your gut is healthy, that your body will be healthy. And then when your body is healthy, then menopause becomes an easier transition. And you can then embrace what's going on in your body, the changes that are going on with your body and you know thrive as you move through this time of life. So that's it for this week's episode of Menopause Conversations podcast. Before I go, I just want to remind you once again that I've got the free five-day secret to thriving in menopause without HRT workshop coming up on the 17th of July. To give you more information specifically around, um, we won't be talking so much about gut, but we will be talking about how we can balance the hormones and um, we'll be talking about your genes and you will be creating a personalized menopause blueprint something that works specifically for you because your body is different to someone else's body and what your body requires is different to what someone else's body requires. So I'm going to show you how to identify what it is your body requires. Your body will lose weight better, how your body will have a healthier gut, how your body will reduce your symptoms different to other people. So join me. Um, The link to join, uh, once again, is bit.ly. So bit.ly forward slash menopause underscore workshop. And that's with a capital M and a capital W. Don't miss out on that. Um, We start on the 17th of July. Calls are at 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And it runs for five nights, so Monday through to Friday. And, yeah, so if you've enjoyed this episode, please um, uh, share it with a friend someone who might also be interested in learning more about gut health and menopause and I'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a rating or review specifically on Apple Podcasts it's the biggest one um, and that's where all the reviews kind of they really make a difference because when we get lots of ratings and reviews it helps other women find the podcast and learn more about how they can thrive in menopause as well So that's it from me this week and I will see you next week with another episode of Menopause Conversations podcast. Bye for now.